Hello and welcome to episode four of the I Should Probably Change podcast. Today we're going to talk about morning routines or what getting up before my kids has taught me. Three years ago I spent every night feeding my huge one-year-old every hour. Life was tough and I was so sleep deprived I don't know how I made it into work, let alone functioned normally. In those days, the idea of setting an alarm to wake me up before the screams of my child seemed madness, and it would have been. I start this podcast there to say that there is a season for everything. If you're waking up to babies in the night or suffering with chronic illness, this may not be the season for waking early. This is not a guilt trip for you amazing people who long for health-restoring sleep. No, this podcast is definitely not for you, so just take a big cup of grace and love and maybe just stop listening. This podcast is for the rest of us, those who may need a loving kick up the bum to make a change, to push through a little bit of pain and to set that alarm a little bit earlier. When someone asks you, what's your ideal day like? What do you say? My answer would definitely include being quiet, reading, exercising, though not the sweaty kind, (laughs) and taking some time to breathe, to think, to process my own thoughts. A few years ago, I realised that those things made up zero of my day. What with work, time with my husband, kids, friends, church, cooking, washing, just so much laundry, (laughs) cleaning, um, the list could go on. The things that I knew would be especially life-giving for me got pushed to the side. I would try and exercise in the evenings, but I often had things on or just lacked motivation. I fell asleep reading every night and rarely had a quiet moment with my own thoughts. I realised that if I really valued those things, the only regular part of my day that I could control was my mornings. And so I wrote down my ideal morning routine and calculated that it would take me about 45 minutes to an hour. At first, I was horrified. Surely I wasn't considering giving up an hour's sleep when my children were also asleep. It just seemed crazy because that sleep had been a long time coming. It felt madness to give it up. But I decided that I would give it a go. When my alarm went off the first morning, I wanted to cry. (laughs) The first week was hard But a few years later, I've hardly missed a morning. And when I do, I really suffer for it. And I'm totally converted to the value of getting up early. Now, there's no perfect morning routine. But I think a simple plan to move your body, still your mind and encourage your heart is a really good place to start. And here's kind of what my morning routine looks like. And this is not a secret formula. And everybody's routine will look different. I know people who do it in loads of different ways. And I'm the kind of person who likes to say to people, but like, how do you actually do it? Like, I want to know the the details. And so I just offer you kind of what I'm doing, not as a way of sort of selling this as an ideal or an aspirational finish line. It's just inspiration and just some ideas for kind of what I found helpful as I've tried to develop this morning routine. So firstly, thankfulness. I always start my morning, sat on the sofa with my notebook and I write down three things I'm thankful for. Previously, I've written longer lists, but I find actually three things is like a good number for me and each of those things I try to be quite specific. 
I also write down my focus for the day, what's like the one thing either that I want to get done or the one thing that I want to have in my mind and what's the one truth that I want to hold on to. I've used a gratitude journal in the past. Um, I've tried the six-minute diary and the five-minute diary, um, which are journals where you write, you're led kind of how to read, how to write something in the morning and in the evening. And I like both of those and they're a really great resource if you're just getting started with this idea. But there is so much research into the effect of gratitude and how it can change your perspective, your stress levels and your overall health. Also, the Bible talks a lot about Thanksgiving being something that disciples of Jesus should be well versed in. In Philippians, we read, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. You know, I think thanksgiving is one of the most underused spiritual weapons for changing our hearts and minds. And that's why I like to start there. I like to start with remembering the things that I'm thankful for, the way that I'm blessed. The second thing, which sounds completely different and a bit random, is water. <laughs> I was really surprised to learn the difference that downing a glass of water makes I've started drinking around 500 milliliters of warm water with like a slice of lemon. It sounds really hipster, doesn't it? But <laughs> it works. Um, and I just do that before breakfast. Honestly, just give it a go and see how you do with that. I was speaking to somebody who was a nutritionist who was saying that actually there was the value of kind of like slowly kind of waking up your digestive system with lukewarm water to kind of just gently wake up your body <laughs> inside and out. And I also find that it means my head feels clear like I'm not stuffy headed also it staves off the hunger for a little while so I definitely would recommend just just try it and see even though it sounds a bit bizarre just give it a go 500 mils of warm water with lemon I always um, exercise in the mornings at the moment I do a 10 to 35 minute workout I always do pilates I really love um, pilates there's plenty of breathing and stillness built into it and I find it to be quite a meditative way of exercising but also hard like it works you out I find that I want to feel like I've actually done a workout um, but what I like about pilates is it makes you quite still and centers you also you don't sweat <laughs> so it means I'm not having to shower like every morning um after exercising like I obviously I shower Please don't hear that I don't shower, <laughs> but it's nice to do exercise where um, it doesn't leave me like really sweaty and needing to desperately squeeze in a shower if I've showered the night before. So Pilates has been really great and I use um, the Balanced Life online and I have been for about three years. It's an online Pilates subscription, which I really love and that gives me a new workout to do every single day. The Bible. I write a passage of the Bible out every morning. It takes a few moments, like it doesn't take very long. I'm not writing reams and reams, but it has totally changed my life. Um, if, and that I know that sounds dramatic, but I'm going to share lots more about that in episode six. But I find writing in the mornings particularly good. If you're someone who is likely to fall back to sleep if they read, I tried reading the Bible, but I just found that just reading it, I couldn't necessarily focus properly. I was still waking up, whereas I find writing um, requires more from me. So it keeps me present and, and in the moment and starting the day with seeing God's word written in my own hand just sets my day well. 
The next thing that I do is I write my prayers. Again, I used to get too distracted and too sleepy if I just sat still um, and kind of thought prayers or even spoke prayers. But I love giving my day over to God right at the beginning of it. And I write out each prayer and whatever is on my heart or mind and I'm sometimes I have maybe a few things that I'm praying for particularly that week or just whatever comes to mind or a reflection from the bible passage that I've just written um I also use a prayer diary and produced by the charity open doors which is um an organization which supports the persecuted church around the world and so there's just a little prayer um for a situation or a person um who's under persecution and it's just so good for lifting my eyes off my current circumstances and reminding me that I'm part of a worldwide church and family and often um the situations that I'm praying for using that little prayer diary are really hard things that remind me of again of kind of God's blessing in my life and how um actually just gives me yeah some perspective So the final thing um, that I do is to have a time of stillness. I use an app um, to have about 10 minutes of stillness. Um, Sometimes that's totally silence. Sometimes it's a led meditation. And I kind of just use that time to think about my day ahead. My favorites are the Calm app for sort of basic meditations, 10% happier, Uh, which is a great resource with lots of different teachers and courses on how to meditate. And I really rate that one. I'm using it at the moment and really enjoying kind of learning about some of the science um, behind meditation, but also just I enjoy the different teachers leading you through some meditations. And then for meditations that focus particularly on scripture, the Live From Rest app is excellent packed with different scriptures reflecting on particular different verses from scripture um, particularly different themes I found it especially helpful in lockdown when it was just really good to hear scripture spoken over me every morning and I really use that time whether I'm using a secular kind of app or a Christian one to just bring myself before God and just still myself in his presence um, and ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill me each morning and I just find using something that helps me because, you know, of my monkey mind going everywhere, it's, I find it really helpful to actually have a tool. I'm sure there's lots of people who could just sit still for 20 minutes in complete silence and just be. I find that challenging. <laughs> so I've been using these apps as a way of, of helping me, you know, one day be able to sit still and completely be silent. Um, but those apps I found super helpful. Now, all that is to say that it is not that tidy. I know that that sounds like I've just got it all together, but the honest truth is that that is my morning kind of at its best. Some days I have a child climbing on me while I'm exercising. (laughs) More often not the word snack is being shouted at me repeatedly while I read my Bible, but that's okay. Yes, my mornings get disturbed fairly often and I actually think that it's great that the kids see their mum prioritising those things. They know that this is mummy's quiet time. And and though, you know, they're working on the quiet bit, <laughs> I know they're soaking up these moments. And hopefully, it's not going to take them until they're in their 30s to realise that they're worth the time, that they're worth the investment, that looking after themselves is something and, and sometimes the, the best way actually to look after others. So that's what I do and that's not 
not to say that that's the only way. Like I said, there's lots of other ways you could do things, but those are kind of the building blocks that I have kind of pulled in together as I've developed my morning routine. But kind of I was wondering, what does the Bible actually sort of tell us about this stuff? Well, the Bible is packed with examples of this practice of drawing away, usually though not exclusively in the morning. As a spiritual practice, this is called solitude or silence. And while my morning routine involves some other elements like exercise, it's actually the act of drawing away at the start of the day that I find so much value in. And Jesus models it a lot. He constantly is taking time away from the crowd. In Mark 1, we read that very early in the morning, while it was dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went to a solitary place where he prayed. And this is a pattern that he repeats over and over. It's like Jesus needed that time of quiet or connection with his father to enable him to be effective the rest of the time. And that's why I try not to let my morning routine slip during busy or stressful periods. I know in lockdown, I had many thoughts of why bother? You know, I could just put the TV on for the kids later and, you know, do it then. But the truth is that the more stretched, the more busy I am, the more I need those few moments. It turns out that they are an investment into the rest of the day. And to be honest, if I'm too busy or too tired to take that time, I know I need to assess what I'm saying yes to. And I guess the bottom line is that if it's good enough for Jesus, (laughs) I should probably at least consider it as a good model for me. I also don't think that it's a coincidence that many of the key moments in the people of God's history start with activity early in the morning. God tells Moses to go to Pharaoh to ask for the Israelites' freedom early in the morning. That's in Exodus 9. He goes up Mount Sinai to hear from God early in the morning, Exodus 34. Joshua crosses the River Jordan early in the morning, Joshua 3. Manna appears for the Israelites every morning. You get you get the gist of it. <laughs> the way we get up and start the day inevitably sets us on a path. We all know those days where we wake up in a bad mood or something happens in the first few minutes of, of waking up and the rest of the day feels like it's just derailed. So choosing how and what we're going to let into our thoughts and hearts every day is crucial. And I really believe that the mornings is where a huge part of that battle is fought. Two books which unpack the biblical idea of solitude and silence are Spiritual Disciplines, which is a a real classic by Richard Foster, and The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Both of those books would be very high on my recommendation list, just generally for followers of Jesus, but specifically in this area. So here's kind of my takeaways. Here's what I've learned from doing this practice. Firstly, I'm a nicer person. I wake up for my kids and not to them. When I see them, I feel ready to be their mum rather than resentful that they're dragging me away from my duvet. This has been really wonderful. I actually smile (laughs) when I see my kids in the morning. This was not the case necessarily in the past. And even thinking about that makes me sad. It's so great to know that I've given myself time, so now I'm ready to give time to them. I know they love coming down to a happy, smiling parent who is genuinely really happy to see them. Secondly, 
I realised that fitting exercise has become a lot easier. You know, it's the only way I exercise regularly. Early morning mornings, is re- it's really the only predictable part of my day, which means I'm way less likely to have an excuse or reason to avoid working out. I do Pilates, like I said, which I love, and I could probably talk about that all day. But I find that to be just a gentle start to the day, but also challenging enough that I know it's doing me some good. Thirdly, it's a mental health boost. Having time to still myself, to write and think, has helped me to start each day with much more positivity. Being quiet and taking time to breathe makes me realise that I spend a lot of time holding my breath. Anybody else guilty of that? And actually using reading and prayer and meditation each morning has helped me carve out moments of calm to just rest my kind of all too frantic brain. I've learned that um, that I get to set the agenda. You know, by not reaching for my phone and instead doing things that encourage me, I'm choosing to stop other voices influencing how I feel at the beginning of the day. You know, it's so important to stop social media or a news app or even just a text message from a friend to from setting the tone for my day. And for me, putting my phone away and not looking up on any of those things has been so important to make sure I stay in this kind of almost this safe space where God has access to me before anything else does. I've also learned the importance of starting small and building up. You know, I didn't begin with everything that I do now. I simply started just getting up a few minutes earlier and writing 10 things I was thankful for. That was it. That was all I did at the beginning. And I slowly added to that and kind of got up a little bit earlier to create the routine that I wanted. Um, There's a lot of evidence around the idea of habit stacking. And lots of people talk about this, where you, you start with one habit and then you add the next one and the next one. And that's what I've done. And I've, I've shaped my morning routine from that beginning point of just a practice of thankfulness and then added to it as I've gone along. I've learned that preparation is everything. I try to put my mat out before I go to bed. I always have my notebook ready, have a bottle of water ready. And it's a small thing, but it means I go to bed having set my intention for the following morning. And finally, what I've learned is just grace, grace and more grace. Sometimes the kids wake up early. Sometimes I miss my alarm. Sometimes I have a terrible night's sleep. I give myself grace, I fit in what I can and I don't allow one bad day to write off the whole week. Set my alarm in the, for the next morning and just try again the next day. So those are some of the things that I've learned. But let's be honest, here's some of the thoughts that might have gone through your head while I've been speaking. I'm not a morning person. I can't get up earlier. I have kids or maybe I'm just not disciplined enough. Well, as I said right at the top, for some people, getting up early in this season is not wise or healthy and you need sleep and that's totally okay. I would encourage you, however, to look at where you're carving out that space. Even 10 minutes to sit in silence or simply in a room without a screen switched on is still really important, even if you're not in a position to get up early. Now, for some of us, we need to stop using our kids as an excuse you know, I was talking about with this, this whole idea with a friend a while ago and she said, I've just realised 
Our child has been sleeping through the night for six months now, but I'm still using her as a reason as to why I can't wake up 30 minutes earlier, even though it's something I'd like to do. After having kids, it did take a lot of motivation to start getting up early. And it feels like you appreciate sleep in a whole new way. (laughs) So it can feel madness to let go of any of that. And I totally get that. One answer might be that we need to go to bed a bit earlier. And I would really recommend reading the book Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. Or if you're not a reader, then his TED Talk is a really great place to start because he gives a really compelling argument why more of us should be paying attention to our sleep and prioritizing getting to bed and prioritizing those earlier hours of sleep. To all the other excuses, I'd kind of say, why not just give it a go? What about setting your alarm for five minutes earlier and slowly building up? You know, try it for a week. Let me know how you get on. As a minimum, you could resolve to not use your phone for the first 30 minutes after waking. That action itself might free up a surprising amount of time. There's a wonderful book called Daily Rituals where the author, Mason Curry, um, explores the daily routines and rituals of over 160 of the greatest philosophers, writers, composers and and artists. And while it seems like uh, drugs and alcohol (laughs) feature quite heavily in their creative process, which I'm I'm definitely not recommending, um, as I read the book, I was struck by how many use the mornings to do their most important work. I know that having a morning routine might not be for everyone. And honestly, um, there would have been a time where I would have laughed at the idea of of getting up before you needed to. But over the years, I've learned that those small practices in the morning are actually my important work. They set me up for the day. They focus my eyes on Jesus and off my circumstances. Those moments are an investment into the physical and mental health of my body for the week and the day to come. Now, why not give it a try this week and let me know how you get on. Thanks for listening. Please do subscribe to this podcast. And if you've enjoyed it, please do leave a review. It really makes a difference. But until next time, let's keep looking for where God is leading us so that we can make steps towards intentional living one change at a time.